some really, really bad days that we thought, how could God turn this day around? There's a website that's kind of fun to look at, sort of. It's called, So You Think You're Having a Bad Day. And, and there's some stories on there, and some of them are really old, and there's a few new ones. Uh, you, maybe you guys have heard this one before. There's a story about, there's a story about uh, when the Exxon Valdez, do you guys remember that oil spill that happened, what, maybe 15 or years ago or so? When that happened, there were lots of, of course, uh, animals in the sea that were damaged and hurt. And so animal activists, people who love animals, went to rescue those animals out of the oil and took them and they tried to help clean them up and get them you know, back to their health. And so there were some people who... Uh, who helped get some seals uh, healthy again that had been covered in oil. And the cost to do that was $80,000 per seal. Now, I like seals. I think seals are great. But $80,000 to save a seal. And so, and so then, <laughs> did you say they're good with green chili? Is that what you just said? <laughs> Oh my goodness, Freddie. I wish I would have thought of that. That was hilarious. $80,000. So these people work hard. They spend weeks or months, you know, getting these two, two seals back to health. And then they have this big ceremony and they let them out in the ocean, let them swim out to sea, back into their habitat. And while they're all standing there, right in full view where they can all see it, see What's happened to these two seals? A killer whale eats both of the seals right in front of all of them. And I'm sorry that I think that's funny, but that, I, I do. I think that's funny. Kind of have a sixth sense of humor, I guess. That's, that's a bad, a bad day. day. If you've worked, worked that, that hard. hard. One, of One of my favorites, favorites was about, about an Iraqi, Iraqi terrorist, a man, a man named Kahay Ranajet. He didn't, he didn't pay, pay enough postage on a letter, a letter that he sent. sent. And, and he, he sent it off, came back, back returned to sender. When he, when he got, got it back, back he, he forgot he put, put a bomb in it. He opened it. And, and he blew himself up. up. Supposedly a true story. So, so whatever, I, you know, those are bad days. days. Those, those people have bad days. days. We've all had some bad days. And uh, these are some pictures of some people. I guarantee you, you haven't had this bad of a day. Now, I doubt that's a true picture. I mean, probably that's not real. You know, with Photoshop these days and everything, it's likely that somebody put two pictures together. Um, I hope. I mean, that's a bad day. If that's uh, actually probably a bad day for the shark, because those ba those guys right there are bad. You know, they're bad to the bone. So they might they might have made that shark have a bad day. Here's another one. I doubt this one is real either. At least I hope not. I, you know, that's. Uh, very, Very unfortunate. unfortunate. Very unfortunate, unfortunate windrift. That's a bad, bad day when that happens. All right. Uh, here's one that I, I believe is true. I don't think you could make this one up. Okay. I mean, that that's a bad day. We'll go to a ball game, sweetie. Let's go. You know, come on. We'll go watch. We'll go watch the Rangers. This will be great. And, and the bat comes flying. I don't think you can make that one up right there. there. And I know this one is true, and it's because I was in mid school at one time. Worst, you know, seven or eight years of my life. It was horrible, and uh, and and I can imagine this happening to me right here. So I don't know if you can see that or not, but the kid actually has a popsicle stick in his mouth. You know, I don't know if they were trying to keep him quiet or keep him from biting his tongue off or what. But that's a bad day when you get your chair, you get your head stuck in uh, in a chair like that. That's, 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 that's not, not that's, good. That's not good. It's hard to imagine that God can turn some of these things around. around. And, and when, when we, we left, left Ruth, Ruth 
and uh, her two daughters, daughters-in-law last week, uh, they, they were in a pretty bad time of their life and a pretty bad season. And we know that Jesus, Jesus said that. You're going to have trouble. And that's what they had. The question is, how will we respond? How will we respond when tough days come? When bad seasons come? Do we believe that God will work to turn all things around? Let's pray and then we'll read our text today. Lord God, we are a mess sometimes, Lord. We laugh at some of these things. Part of the reason we laugh is because we can just see ourselves in some of this stuff. We just don't always think it through. We don't, we don't always, always keep, keep our, our eyes, eyes on, on you. And this, and this world, God, is sometimes just a hard place to live. And how, how desperately we need you, the Redeemer. How desperately we need to know whatever we're going through in our life, not just today, but what we'll be going through in our life in the future. That you, that you can handle it, that you, that you can, can turn, turn it around, that you can, can make it for something, something good, good in our life and something good, good for your kingdom. Thank you for this moment, as Mike said, just to catch our breath. For this moment to remember who you are. We love you. We pray that you would teach us today by the power of your spirit. May the words of my mouth and may, and may the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. And we, and we pray, pray this in Christ's, Christ's name. name. Amen. Amen. The Book, the book of, Ruth. of Ruth. I hope, I hope you've been joining me and reading this week. week. I've invited you to read through the Book of Ruth every week for four weeks. It's only four chapters. Today we'll read together uh, the end of Ruth uh, together. Let's start with verses 6 through 14. You guys can listen as I read here. Uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 6. When she, that is Naomi, heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. And with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Well, then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you find rest in the home of another husband. And then she kissed them and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope. For me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It's more bitter for me than you because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. And at this they wept again, and then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth, she clung to her. We left those widows last week, and the word we said that described them was without Remember this picture we saw last week right here? It's a pretty good picture of three grieving widows without without husbands, without children, without family, without a place, without money, without a future, without hope, without. 
and they're, and they're an, an odd, odd group, group to be traveling, traveling together. together. I mean, I mean think, think about it. You've got, you've got an older Jewish woman in a foreign, foreign country traveling with two younger Moabite women. We talked about some of those differences of those cultures last week. And here they are traveling, walking down the road together. What, a, what, what an odd group to be traveling together. It's a little, a little bit like, like our church. church. We're, kind We're kind of an, of an odd group. group. If you don't, you don't believe, believe, believe me, just look, look around at, at the odd people around you. I'm really, I'm really sort of not joking. joking. I, I'm, I'm serious. serious. We're, We're all a bunch of kind of odd people. people. This, this is kind of a weird group of people, and I'm thankful to God that it is. I'm thankful. We're not all alike. We have tons of diversity in this room, all different ways. But we're, but we're bound, bound together, together, bound, bound together, together by, by, by one man, man as, as Mike talked about. about. We're, we're bound together, together by, by Jesus. And, and we are people who are without. Maybe, maybe today you're without. If you're, if you're not, not, there's going to come a day in the, in the near future when you'll be without. And when, and when we're together, we're able to help fill in the gaps for each other. This isn't really in my notes. I didn't ask Amy permission to say this, so I just thought of it. I hope this will be okay with her. <laughs> what? A preacher's wife is just like, oh, you're, you're so, so dead. dead. It, doesn't it doesn't matter what you say next. next. It doesn't matter. But, but I just have to say, Amy and I have been through, been through some difficulties in our marriage and family and hard things that we've been through. In our, we've been, been here 20 years, almost 20 years in June. It'll be. And, and in that, in that time, time, I don't know that we, I don't know how we could have made it without this odd group of travelers on this journey together. Sharing, sharing our, our life together, together and, and all bonded, bonded together by this one man, Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for you. you. I'm thankful for what you've done. If we, if we had run, run off by ourselves somewhere, isolated ourselves, ourselves bad, bad news. news. Thankful for you. And I, and I want you today to think about this. I want you to think about who you are walking with today. That's why we looked at this psalm. Psalm, Psalm chapter, chapter 1, because you are walking with someone. You might be walking with people in this room, and, that, and, that, and that's probably good if you are. And, and what, what I mean is living your life with them, going, going from day to day, day facing the ups and the downs. But you, but you may not. You may be walking this world and walking this life with people that are not followers of Christ. And I want you to know that will have an effect. It doesn't mean that we're supposed to live in a Christian bubble. Don't, Don't get me wrong. wrong. Jesus said, you're light in the world, you're salt in the world. Get, get out in the world and be out there and love people that are sinners. Love them. Don't expect them to be loving you. Just go love them. But who are you sharing your life with? Who are you walking with? Because the psalm makes it crystal clear there's going to be a progression. If you're walking with the wicked, you're getting their counsel, you're listening to them. You know what's going to happen eventually? You're going to sit down. Well, well, you're going to stand first. Yeah, the next verse. The next part. You're going to stand. You're going to stand with the sinners. You're going to kind of start to join in a little bit, and then eventually you're just going to sit down. You're going to be some of those mockers. They're like, man, we got, we're good friends right here. Us, we, you know, this is our family right here. We don't want to be a part of those hypocrites down there at that building. We'll just settle in right here with the people we're walking through life with. Who are you walking through life with? Because, because they, they have an influence, influence on you. And, and the end will be affected, affected by who you're walking with. with. Look, Look at the last verse of this. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked will perish 
Does it, does it matter, matter where we're walking and who we're walking, walking with? Yes. Yes, yes, yes it, it does. does. And that's the first thing I want you to think about today. Who are you walking with? Scott Peck is a guy who writes books. He's a psych. A psychologist, I guess, or a psychiatrist, something, something along those lines. And also a Christian man, and when I was in college, I had to read a book called The Road Less Traveled. Some of you probably read that book before. Really good book, and the first, I'll never forget the first words of the book. First sentence. Life is difficult. I was in college, and I thought, yeah, no kidding. You know, I'm just a dumb kid, and I know that. Yeah, life is difficult, of course. Like I said, Jesus told us that. We're going to have troubles in this world. And, and these ladies, we know that right here in this room, and so did these three ladies. They, they knew. They, they fully understood that truth. That truth. Life is difficult. And we, and we know that. that. We, know we know it because of some of our own mistakes. mistakes. We know it because we're experiencing the fallout of other people's mistakes around us. We know it just because we live in a world that's broken. broken. It's, it's cursed. And so, and so life, life is difficult. difficult. And the question is, when things get difficult, what road are you going to walk in? Who are you walking with and what road are you going to walk on? And we're going to look today and see how each of these three women chose a different road when they face difficulties. So here we go. First of all, we're going to look at Orpah. Orpah was one of the daughters-in-law, and she chose the walk. She chose to walk on the road back. She chose to walk on the road back. That was, that was a, a good, good idea. idea. At, At least, least it could, could have been. been. It, may it may have been a good idea. idea. It's, it's the, the most, in my opinion, it's the most logical decision to make. To make. When, when things blow up, when life, life freaks out, when everything's a mess, when things, when things are falling apart, apart just go, go back. back. I mean, just back up and go back to where I was, go back, go back to what I knew. It makes a lot of sense to do that. Naomi encouraged her to do that. It's sensible. We want, we want to go back to what we know. We want to go back to where we started. We want to go back to some place that's safe. And so, and so is it a good thing to go back? Well, it depends. It depends on what back is. Michael Kelly, who grew up here and is a songwriter and performer now, in one of his songs he writes these words, Cowards run away. And other cowards stay. In places, in places they know that they, they don't belong. belong. I'm going to say, say that one more time because I think Michael wrote some, some real truth there. Cowards run away, but, but other cowards stay in the, in the place, place they know that they don't belong. belong. You see, staying where we are might be a bad decision. decision. If, we're if we're a bad decision in a bad, bad place and we know we shouldn't be there, then going back might be all right. If you're walking... If you're, if you're walking, walking on, on the road, road back, back, let's say, say to apologize, it's a good, good road. road. Walking on the road back to find a safe place for a while because everything, the wheels have all fallen off, might be, might be, might be a, good a good idea for a little while. while. But if you're going to walk back to places that you don't belong, back to old habits, back to old friends, back to old patterns, if you're going back to that, not good, not good. You see, see, I want, I want to be crystal, crystal clear here that, that nothing in our text in the book of Ruth says that Orpah did anything wrong. It's not, it's not necessarily the wrong decision to go back. back. But that's, but that's what she chose. She chose, she chose to go, to go back. back. 
Let's, let's see, see what, what, what did the next, what did the, the other two women do? Let's, let's, let's read the rest of chapter one here. Look, Look said Naomi, Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Where do we usually hear those words? Wedding ceremonies. Isn't it funny that some of those beautiful sentiments ever written about a covenant relationship are really about a mother-in-law and a daughter-in-law? So beautiful that we oftentimes read about read those words when we're talking about the covenant of marriage. So when Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women explained, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she said to them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune on me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Naomi. Naomi, Naomi chooses, chooses a road called, called bitterness. bitterness. She, blames she blames God for everything that's happened. She's, She's selfish. In 17, 17 verses, we have 18, 18 personal pronouns. It's all about I and me and mine and, mine and, all, and all the stuff that's, that's gone that I had. She's cynical. And you, and you know what? We, if we think about it for a little while, we could probably understand why she felt that way. It reminds, it reminds us a lot of another story, Job. And we, and we can understand why Job had all these questions for God. It reminds us of another story of Jeremiah the prophet who was asking God, What are you doing? Don't you see what's happening to your people? It reminds us of David the psalmist in the lament psalms when he questions and he rails against God. See, the Bible is full of great people, great faithful people who lament honestly, who struggle Candidly, candidly, who wrestle boldly. Why do they do that? I'll tell you why. Is it because they don't want to know God anymore? Is it because they were sick of God and they want to get away from Him? No, it's because they're trying with everything they have to hold on to their faith. That's why. And that's what Naomi's doing. She's trying to hold on to her faith. And I want you to hear today, God's big enough to handle any of our questions, any of our complaints that we have. He'd rather you come to Him honestly than to come to worship and fake it. None, None of you guys, guys have ever done that. that. I've, I've never done that. that. How, How you doing, doing today? Great. I'm, I'm doing, doing great. great. No, I'm not. not. My, My life is horrible. horrible. Things, Things are falling apart. apart. I, got I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. No, I'm not. I'm not joyful. I hate, I hate my life. life. I don't even want to be here. I don't like these people. Down in my heart today. You know? What are we doing? It's a little bit. It reminds me a little bit. I think all the men in here will understand that are, that are married, what, what I'm about to say, say when, when, when you, you can, can tell, tell something's, something's not right at home, home a little bit, you know, you're sort of like, like man, uh, hey, hey, sweetie, sweetie is, is something wrong? wrong? I'm, I'm fine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, I wonder, See, I wonder if God, God feels, feels that way. way. Just, Just be, be honest. honest. 
Be, be honest, honest about, about how we feel, feel Naomi, Naomi takes, takes God's sovereignty so seriously that the only way she could deal with what she was feeling was to take her complaints into the throne room of God. Just bring them in there and set them down. And some, and some of you were taught you should, you should never, never do that. that. You, should you should never complain. You should never yell at God or rail at God. You should, you should never have a single doubt because, because it's disrespectful. And I, and I want to tell you something. If you believe that today, today if I've kind of nailed what's in your heart and what you believe, you're going to have to deal with the places in God's Word that He put there, the stories of people who have faith and they have doubt. You figure that out. I don't, I don't believe it's disrespectful to doubt. I believe it's being honest. And I, and I think that's what Naomi is trying to do. She's trying, trying to hang on, and this is not making sense because she knows that, that God is sovereign. He could have done something about this, and he hasn't, and so she just brings it, and she just lays it all down at his feet. And I wonder, and I wonder if maybe that's, that's what Jesus was talking about when he encouraged us to keep coming to the door of prayer. Knock on the door. Knock on the door. Knock on the door. Keep knocking on the door. When he said there was a widow... There was, there was a, a widow who went, went to see the, the judge and she kept, kept banging on his door. I wonder, I wonder if Jesus was remembering back to Naomi. Naomi. He said, oh yeah, that, that widow. Maybe, Maybe so. There's a lot, a lot of things that can make, make us bitter, bitter you know, there really are. I like, I like the story, story that I heard about an Okie and a Texan that got on an airplane together and they, and they were flying across the country and, and, and the Texan was just kind of awake and he, he, he just he met, met this, this, this Okie and he said, you want to play, play a game? And the Okie just said, look, I'm tired, I'm going to take a nap, politely declines, rolls over and just starts to go to sleep. And the, and the Texan persists and keeps saying, come on, it's an easy game, it'll be a lot of fun. Here's how it works. I'll ask you a question and if you don't know the answer, you pay me five dollars. And vice, and vice versa, versa. If, if you, you ask me a question, question and, then, and, then, and, then, and then I don't know the answer, I'll pay you five dollars. And again, this lady, the, the Oki, she just declines and she says, I really want to go to sleep. And, and here in a couple of minutes, the Texas says, okay, look, here's the deal. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. If, if you, you don't know the answer, I'll pay, uh, you, you can pay me five dollars. If I don't know the answer, I'll pay you five hundred dollars. Well, the Oki woke up. And she said, yeah, I'll play that game. And the Texas said, okay, here's my question. What's the distance from the earth? To the, to the moon. moon. Dennis, Dennis, do you, do you know, know the answer, answer to this? <laughs> I knew <laughs> he would know, know the answer. answer. I, love I love that about you, Dennis. That's awesome. I don't know if anybody else knew the answer. But anyways, uh, the, the Okie didn't. She just she didn't even say anything. She just reached in her purse, pulled out five dollars, and gave it to the Texan. She didn't say anything. And he said, "Oh, okay, there we go." He said, "It's not your turn." And so, and so then she said, "She said, okay, what goes uphill with three legs?" But comes, but comes downhill, downhill with, with four, four legs. legs. Man, the Texans, Texans just puzzled over that and took out, out his laptop, laptop and started Googling stuff and went to all his references and he even called, got on his phone and he called some friends and, and, and uh, called, called somebody over, you know, in, uh, in Dallas that was a big hot shot at a college and asked some questions and uh, frustrated, you know, he just, he just at the end of it, he just says, you know, look, I don't know, and he gives her $500. And, and uh, she, she says, says thanks. And she turns, turns over and goes back to sleep. And he, and he says, wait, wait a second. Hold on just a second. What's, What's the answer? To which, to which she just reaches in and gives him $5 out of her purse. purse. And, and then she, she goes, goes back to sleep. Man. That can make you bitter when somebody does something like that to you. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things like that that can just embitter us and make us angry. 
Here's, Here's Ruth. Ruth. She's, she's empty. empty. She's, she's alone. alone. She's bitter. She's, she's saying, look at what God has done to me. me. And I'll, and I'll tell you one of the things that is amazing that happens to her and it can happen to us. Bitterness causes her to miss something that's standing right beside her. They come, they come into town, town and the ladies all say, wow, you know, you know is this you? you? And, you know, you know is, is this, this is Naomi? And her name means pleasant. She says, don't call me pleasant. She's, she's bitter. Call me Mara. And she's missed. She's, I don't have anything. I have nothing left. I'm left full. I'm empty. I have zero. Nothing. And standing right beside her is Ruth. But she, she couldn't even see Ruth. And isn't that what happens, happens to us when, when we get bitter? bitter? The, bitter the bitter road can cause us to miss the gifts that God gives us. And so I have to ask you and I today, are we, are we so focused on some difficult part, some difficult thing in our life that we're not looking around at all the blessings that he's showered, poured out, lavished on top of us? Are we not seeing them because we're focusing on the difficult part? Naomi is a good example. She's, She's a good, good example, example of walking through tragedy, honestly. Of feeling true emotions of bitterness. Of bitterness. But here's the good part about Naomi. She refuses to stay, stay there for the rest of her life. I know, I know people who have made their home on the road of bitterness. And they, and they live, live there. That's, That's not, not what Naomi did. See, See the, the choice is that if, if, if we, and we will, all of us are probably going to walk down this road of bitterness at different times in our life. But the, but the choice, choice is, will we stay there or will we get through it with God's help? This story doesn't even hint in any way that Naomi should not have felt this way. She's justified in feeling bitter. This book doesn't in any way indicate that Orpah did anything wrong necessarily by going back. They just chose the normal road, the road that most people in the world travel. But you know, the book isn't called the book of Naomi. And the book isn't called the book of, of Orpah. Orpah. It's called, called the Book of Ruth. And you know, you know why it's called, called the Book of Ruth? It's called the Book of Ruth because she decided to choose to walk on the road of better. Not that she's, she's a better, better person, but that, that she chose something better, and that, that is Hesed. On the count, on the count of three, three every say, every say the word Hesed. One, One, two, three. That, that is a Hebrew word. It's a Hebrew, the Hebrew word, word that's, that's in this text, and it, and it means to show steadfast love. To show, show hesed to another person is, is to imitate the unconditional love of God. God. This, this is, is the way, way that God treats us, with hesed. His, His love never changes. changes. His, His love is always faithful. He's, He's always going to be there. there. He's going to be devoted through thick and thin. To have, to have hesitated is to say, I'm here no matter what. I will always be faithful, even though it's not deserved. It's the agape love of the New Testament. It's never going to end. It's never going to go away. It is a covenant. The story of Ruth is full of the idea of covenant. Even though the word is not used, covenant is there. You see, Naomi prayed in verse 8, May the Lord show you kindness. And that word is hesed. May the, May the Lord, Lord show you this unconditional love, this kindness. And then, and then she, she says, says, may you find rest. The root word there in verse 9 is hesed. May you find this from God. In verse, in verse 14, Ruth clung to Naomi. It's the same word as the word cleave about Adam and Eve back in chapter 1 of Genesis. Or chapter 2, that they cleave to one another. Not in a husband-wife way, but just in a covenant way. That they hung on to one another. And then Ruth, uh, chapter 1, verse 17, says... 
She basically basically saying saying she's making a covenant of never leaving. That she says, look, wherever you go, I'm going to go. And think about how this intensifies. I'm going to go with you, but wherever you stay, then I'm going to stay there. And wherever your people are, that's going to be my identity. Wherever your God is, that's who I'm going to worship. Wherever you die, that's where I'm going to die. It just intensifies this love and this covenant and this being committed. That's what God offers to you and I. Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. And Ruth is a picture of God's love for us. It's It's funny funny to me how theologians argue over things that ultimately don't end up mattering that much, but there is in many commentaries on Ruth a big question mark. Did Ruth ever become a Jew? Did she ever go through the proselyte process and become an official Jew? And the story and the text in the Bible does not tell us whether she did or not. But here's the great part about the book of Ruth is that this is what we see. This, this is, is what we see. see. She, she exemplified Hesed, love. love. And, what's and what's the most, the most important part of conversion for any of us? Isn't, isn't it that our heart and our, and our actions and the way we treat other people, that it, that it changes? We can, we can concentrate on, on i got to jump through certain hoops, but ultimately it's about, about did we change? Did God get a hold of our heart? Do we treat people with Hesed love? That's what Jesus said. He said, you know how you recognize them? You're going to recognize them because, because of their fruit, because, because of the way they live, they live whether, whether they, they love, love like, like I, I did or not. I love, I love the last verse of this, of this chapter. chapter. It, was it was the beginning, beginning of barley harvest. They, they left, left because of a famine. They're, they're devastated, devastated by, um, by the, the tragedy that's happened. happened. And it and just so happens, just so happens, that they, they return just in time for barley harvest. Is that a coincidence or is that providence? Providence. God, God is providing. He's, he's there working even when they don't see him. And guess what, folks? Even when you and I can't see him, he's right there working behind the scenes, providing what we need. How many of us, when the going gets tough, when we face tragedy, when we face difficulties, how many of us will dare to be like Ruth? Because I'm telling you, God needs women. And God needs men who are willing, willing to risk and, and go and, and believe and, and give hesed love to people around them. The natural, natural thing is to think about myself on a day of tragedy. tragedy. The, the God, God ordained huge Ruth thing to do is to show, show other people love on the day, day of tragedy. So, so are you in a bad, bad season, season of life? Are you, Are you like, like these women you're without? You've got, you got an important, important decision to make in your life. Are you, you going to choose the road that goes, goes back? Be careful, careful if you do. Are you, you going to choose the road of bitterness? Be honest if you do, but don't live there. Move through, through it with God. God. Are you, you going to choose the better road, the road of Hesed, the road to love the people around you, the road of Ruth? See, Jesus, Jesus did, did say, in this world, world you'll have trouble, but that's not the end of the saying. He says, take heart, I have overcome the world. How do you do, do that? that? By showing us the Hesed love, the, the grace, the, the kindness, the rest, rest of God. God. By, by showing us that, by coming, coming and dying on the cross in our, in our place. place. So, so hold on to the God of Hesed, Hesed love and walk with, with him on the better road. Now, if, you've now, if you've never given your life, life to him, I want to encourage you to do that today. If you need, need prayer, prayer because, because you are, it's, it's possible. possible. I'm sitting up here talking about this tragic time and a difficult time. 
And you may, you may be going, going through one that we don't, we don't even know about, about and we, we can't, can't pray, pray for you because, because we don't, don't know. know. Do you want, you want us to pray, pray for you? You come. We're going to have some shepherds here. I'll be here. We'd love to pray for you. Let's come as we stand and as we sing.